there. I'm just making sure I was okay. You know what I mean? So welcome, welcome to Crossroads. We're excited that you're here. Yeah, one time I preached the whole message with my pants unzipped. So anyway, I wanted to make sure that was not going to be the case today. So anyway, we're excited that you're here. Let me tell you, this is one of the most exciting times of the year for me. It's Christmas at Crossroads, and it finally is feeling like it used to feel. Uh, after the last couple of years, things have been adjusted and, you know, kind of brought down, and it just hasn't been the same, but this year it feels right. Uh, and so we're excited about Christmas the next three weeks, and then Christmas Eve is back, and as you know, that's a big thing for us and for me, and so, again, not as many services as we did in 2019, but we're going to give you plenty of opportunities, and we want you to serve. We want you to be a part of that, so again, pay attention to that. Let me also say this before I get into the message. Uh, if you have a box for the 100 box, it was due today. Uh, it looks like we have a lot of people who haven't brought theirs back. So I can say this, if you want to bring it back this afternoon and put it at the front door, as long as it's not raining, nobody will bother it. I'll come by and I'll get it inside. Or if you'll email me, info, I-N-F-O, at CrossroadsLebanon.com this week, we'll get it in this week also. Just don't put it on the steps this week because it's supposed to rain about every day. So again, uh, if you forgot, it's okay. Uh, we forgive you. Just get it to us because we have lots of people who are needing help as part of the 100 Box Project. Well, if you know about me, uh, based on uh, best, uh, especially what I just did, you know, you know that I love to laugh. I just love to laugh. That's me. I love to laugh. Sometimes I carry it a little bit too far, but sometimes I, I just love to laugh. And if you know that about me, then it's really going to help you understand where we're going this morning, because this morning we're going to look at the subject of joy. We're going to dive into the subject of joy, and I mean, when you think about Christmas, that's naturally what you think about. So here's the thing. This is the foundation, the scripture we're about to look at. This is the baseline that's going to help us get a full understanding of what joy really is. Here's what it says. It's the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Let's say that, all people. That's you. That's me. That's what I love about this. Great joy to all the people. That includes me. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly. Can we say snugly? Snugly in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Today, we kick off the Christmas season by looking at this gift, this amazing gift of joy. And can I just tell you something? If there's anything I know about joy, it seems that in my life that joy is sometimes kind of elusive. I, I, I just have a hard time finding it. Because you see, many times I think we don't understand that there's a difference between happiness and joy. 
So you, you think about joy and you naturally think, you know, joy is getting up on Christmas morning, all the gifts are open from under the tree, and I got everything that I asked for. And you naturally think that's what joy is. But not really. Slow your roll. Because really to understand joy, you have to have what I think is a very unique or a correct definition or perspective if you're really going to understand what joy is all about. See, here's what I would tell you. Joy is internal. Happiness is external. Happiness is an, an outward expression. Where, where joy is just something that you know on the inside. See, I can tell you, joy, joy is that thing that helps you get through life's difficulties. It's the thing that helps, make it, helps you make it through life's hardships. Joy is the thing that gets you through the most difficult times in your life. Because joy is like an attitude. It, ha it has a perspective to it. And see, as followers of Jesus, as believers, we adopt this idea that, that joy can be a part of our lives. And, and it's not based on the things that are going on around us. But instead, joy is about someone who is inside of us. Happiness, on the other hand, is circumstantial. But joy is contentment. Happiness comes from something that makes you laugh. Joy comes from someone who loves you even though there's nothing in your life to laugh about. Joy comes from knowing that you're loved. Happiness is about something. But joy is about someone. Happiness, again, is about what is happening in my life. But joy is about who holds my life. Joy, joy isn't about having spirit. But joy really is about the fruit of the spirit. Which is why I think this morning we need to look at the writer in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Here's what it says. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Go, go back, if you will, Jay. Look, look at that verse and the progression of that verse. Peace doesn't precede joy. Joy precedes peace. There's joy first, and then there's peace. See, I think many times you're like me, and I thought for years that when I had peace, I would have joy. That's not the way that it works. Look at, look, I mean, again, you have to look at the Scripture. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Joy comes before peace. And I love the fact that this is setting up as telling us, it's, you know, like a golfer, it's kind of teeing it up, that joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Because you know what that tells me? Listen, listen. What that tells me is 
if I don't have Jesus, I can't have joy. Come on now. If I don't have Jesus, I can't have joy. Let me, let, let me, let me put it to you another way. If it's a fruit of the Spirit, let me show you something that I need, that I need you to see. Joy is the fruit when Jesus is the root. T.D. Jakes ain't got nothing on me, sister. I'm telling you. Joy is the fruit when Jesus is the root. And see, what it really comes down to is, is learning and looking at my life and realizing that, you know what, I have a lot of good things in my life. And you have a lot of good things in your life. Even the worst, you know, I don't care how bad you think, you, you are better than 90% of the world. And I have a lot of good things in my life like you have a lot of good things in your life. And it really comes down to the fact that I have to realize that even though I have all those good things, those things are not mine. Those things belong to God. And, and, and I think it's joy. Sometimes joy is found when we realize, you know, when things get difficult and things don't work out the way that we thought they would. That, that sometimes joy is just letting go when you can't figure everything out. You've got family problems, business problems, relationship problems. Joy is just letting go when you can't figure everything out. Because it's honestly like saying, God, you created me. You created me. You gave me. You gifted me. God, I don't know what to do in this situation. So, God, I'm going to give it to you. Because, God, you've got me in your hands. And I can have joy knowing that Jesus is going to figure it out. I can have joy because I'm living my life in the hands of Jesus. But see, here's the thing that's honestly true about this time of year. Christmas can sometimes be difficult. It's a difficult season, a difficult time to find joy. Because many of you, like me, are dealing with the anxiety of all the things that Christmas brings with it. I mean, think about it. Doubt, discouragement, fear. Maybe even disappointment. Maybe at your house this year because of death or a divorce or some unforeseen circumstances, there's an empty place at the Christmas table. You had hoped that things this year would work out different or better than they did. But I'm here to tell you, in spite of the fact that things haven't worked out the way that you thought, joy can still be yours. So here's what I want to do this morning. I just want to spend a few minutes helping you find the gift of joy this Christmas season. Regardless of where you may be, what you may be going through, what may be happening to you. I just want to help you find the gift of joy. Here, here's one of the places that I think that, that joy can be found. I think the gift of joy can be found in the presence of pain. Now, I know that sounds crazy. Again, I told you this morning, I mean, when I posted something this week, that it was going to be different. It's not going to be what you expected because you equated Joy as happiness, but I believe the gift of joy can actually be found in the presence of pain. And I know that most of you know this, but, 
but I'm going to tell you again, for those that don't, I was basically retired when I was 40 years old. Sold my businesses and was ready to do nothing for the rest of my life. I mean, I had worked hard. But about a year after selling my business and getting out, the business that I sold was put into Chapter 11 reorganization. Let me tell you, we could go to my lockbox right now. I have all the paperwork that held me not responsible, not liable. But my company, former company, was filed into bankruptcy. The bank and the creditors came to me. They wanted me, even though I had paperwork that held me, you know, not responsible. I was out of it. I, I mean, I didn't have to do anything. And again, I would tell you this morning, it, it, it was, it, I'm not here to point fingers at anybody. I'm just telling you, here to tell you that it was a low point in my life. I mean, I went to the coffee shop. I, uh, uh, there was a coffee shop called Jabba Joe's on West Main. Uh, and, and I sat there in the back corner. That was my seat. I sat there most every other morning, or at least you know, a lot of times during the week. And I opened the, the Lebanon Democrat when people actually used to read the newspaper. And, and, and there was my name in the back of the paper. Because my company had filed bankruptcy, so to protect my assets, I had to personally file bankruptcy. And I'm going to tell you, li listen, it was a low point in my life. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm just glad that I was not one of those people who turns to alcohol or drugs to medicate the pain. I'm just glad that I wasn't prone to that. It was a dark, difficult time. But here's the thing. Even in those dark times, even in those difficult times, listen to me this morning, because some of you need to hear this. The Scripture gives us hope. Look, look, look at James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. James, the brother of Jesus, we looked at him a few weeks ago. He says this. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for what? For great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And again, I'm going to tell you, I was walking around in town. I had sold out. Everybody thought I had it made. I was trying to put on for people like everything in my life, put up a good front. I was trying to put up like everything in my life was okay. But it wasn't. And that's what some of you are doing right now. You came into this church this morning pretending like your life is okay. Everything on the outside can look good, but there's no joy and peace on the inside. Let me tell you, li listen to me, Crossroads, whether you're here or listening or watching online, my life was anything but the life I wanted. And then one day, listen, listen, the light came on. And I realized, I will never have the life that I want until I learn to love the life that I have. You're never going to have what you want. Listen to me, Crossroads. You will never have what you want until you learn take, to take care of what you have. You will never have the finances you want until you learn to steward the finances that you already have. You're never going to have the friendships that you want 
until you make yourself available to connect to the friendships that you already have around you. I can find joy in the pain. And I love this scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 because I think Jesus is a good example of how we find joy in the pain. I mean, think about it. Here's our Savior, nailed to a cross, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, spit on, and mocked. And here's what it says in Hebrews 12, verse 2. Look at what it says. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for what? The joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me tell you, listen listen to me this morning. Jesus was able to have joy in the pain because he kept his eyes on his purpose. Jesus had joy in the pain of the cross because he kept his eyes on his purpose. See, here's the thing I think that sometimes we need to do, and I just need you to kind of go with me on this because some of you are going to think, wait a minute, what's he talking about? I just think, I think sometimes we just need to remove ourselves from the situation that we find ourselves in spiritually. We just need to remove ourselves. We, have, we just have to rise above the situation that we find ourselves in and we have to look at a picture that's in front of us. I mean, look, look at it like this. My grandson, Max, loves to work puzzles. I mean, every time he comes to my house, he wants to work a puzzle. How do you work a puzzle? It doesn't matter how big it is. How do you work a puzzle? You set the picture in front of you. That's the only way you can figure out the puzzle. You have to look at the picture that's in front of you. So I don't know what you might be going through this morning. But I just want to encourage you this morning. By telling you, listen, listen, listen. Get a vision for what it is that God has in store for you. Get a vision, get a picture of the life that God has for you and for your family. Family. Because maybe you would say, well, Randy, I don't have that vision. Well, let me tell you, today that's what God wants to give you. God wants to give you vision. Even when you don't feel Jesus in your life, joy can be yours. Joy is yours. You know how I know that? Because it's a picture. It's a set picture for you. And it can be yours. So let me encourage you today. Never allow pain to be the picture of your life. Never allow defeat to be the current picture of your life. Never allow your pain to rob you of your future picture. Never allow betrayal to become your picture. But instead, take your life and look forward at a picture of what could be. How about you start looking uh, at a life of health and wholeness? 
I mean, some of you, you know, you've got a medical problem, you've got a, a something going on, you've been to the doctor, you don't know what it is, you do know what it is, you've got tests, you've got tests scheduled, you've had tests, but push that aside. And how about setting a picture in front of you of you living a life of health and wholeness? How about looking at your life and seeing yourself living a season where you're actually thriving? Set that picture in front of you and start looking at that picture. So, I believe that you can find joy in the presence of pain. Let me tell you where else I think you can find joy. You can find the gift of joy in the presence of people. The gift of joy is found in the presence of people. You know, after about three or four years of doing this thing called church, at the end of 2010, I was at the end of my rope. But God assembled this amazing team of people. Paid staff, key volunteers, leadership. And it was that group of people that got me through my most difficult times in ministry. Because I want to show you this. When you find your people, oh, good, that's good. You find joy. When you find your people, you find joy. When you have a feeling of belonging, that feeling of belonging is like, you know what? I got my people. I got my peeps. I got my squad. And you have this group of people behind you, and it's that group of people that allows you to keep walking through the difficulty that you have to continue walking through. And we kind of have this saying, these are my people. These are my peeps. And some of you are sitting there going, he's still so stupid. And I'm just going to tell you this morning, you just, you, you just need to take it down a notch, sister, brother, because what I'm telling you is biblical. You need a squad. You need your people. Because the Bible tells you it's not good to be alone. But what do you do? You live your life isolated in fear. Because you're worried about what other people are going to think about you. You know what they're going to think? They think how amazing it is that you can say the things that you say about your life. They think that's amazing. I mean, the Scripture tells you, confess your sins to God so that you can be forgiven, but confess your sins to other people so that what? You can be healed. And many of you right now are walking around forgiven, but you're not healed. Simply because we don't want to share the things that are going on in our life with other people. Listen to me, Crossroads. You need to find your people so that you can be accountable. We need community. We need this. Oh, I'm just afraid I'm going to get sick. We need this. 
We need to be doing life together. Look at, look at what it says in, in Luke 1, chap, chapter 1, verse 44. Again, track with me on this because it's going to sound a little weird. I'll bring it all together. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. That's Elizabeth talking to Mary. Mary's carrying Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But Mary has what? What Mary has? Mary has what you have, fear. What are people going to think? Are people actually going to think this baby was conceived of the Holy Spirit? Not only that, I've got to go to Bethlehem, this long journey. Elizabeth is older. She's in her sixth month. But when Mary took a step of faith and knocked on Elizabeth's door, the purpose in Elizabeth arose. The purpose in Mary stood up. I've already told you 2010 was probably my worst year in this church. Lots going on, lots happening. But I had a friend who I talked to almost every day who called me, and we were just talking, and they could tell in my voice that I was at a point of desperation. And they invited me, why don't you just leave, and why don't you meet me? And I met them in a park at a picnic table. And we just talked. And that conversation, it caused my purpose to rise. It caused my purpose to, to, to leap. It's the very thing that probably kept me going because it was a keep going or quit this thing moment. It was, it was that moment. He showed up for me in my life. Here's my question for you. Who do you need to show up for this Christmas? Who do you need to show up for this Christmas? What door do you need to knock on? Who's out there that you can encourage? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I know this because I've experienced this. The gift of joy can be found in the presence of people. I think it could be said this way so you really understand it. When we show up for others, joy shows up for us. When you take the time to show up for somebody else, joy is going to show up for you. Look at 1 Peter, 1, uh, 1 Peter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety. I love that. Great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them. And don't just use them. Use them well to serve one another. Because I believe that what we sow is what we reap. If you sow joy, you're going to reap joy. When we share our lives and our testimonies, well, what does the scripture say? They overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their what? Testimony. When we share and serve people by sharing our lives and testimonies, then you know what we're doing? We're just encouraging them that God can do for them the very things that God did for us. 
So what do we do? We sow hope. We sow hope and we reap hope. Because here's the thing, serving other people is so important. I don't care if it's a pat on the back, a smile, a high five, a compliment. Just being part of something that allows us to serve others. I mean, Jesus said it best when he said, it's better to what? Give than to receive. Because when we serve others, what do we find? We find joy in that. And that's what I love about the presence of God. That's what I love about the kingdom of God. The Bible says Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, I, I, I thought about that verse this week, and, and it says to give his life as a ransom. And naturally, when I start thinking about ransom, I start thinking about movies, you know, Netflix, uh, you know, the Roxy movies, you know, and Liam Nielsen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's always a ransom in a Liam Nielsen movie, right? I mean, you got to get the money together. you got to get the money together. we got to go get them. They've been kidnapped. i got to get the ransom together. But here's the thing. When you serve somebody, listen, listen. When you serve other people, you know what it does? It pays the ransom. It sets them free, and it sets you free. And studies show that people who serve other people are happier than people who don't serve other people. That's the facts, people. Sergeant Friday said it. Facts, just the facts. And that's the facts. So joy can be found. The gift of joy can be found in the presence of people. Joy can be found in the presence of pain. But do you know where else the gift of joy can be found? This is going to get you here, right here. The gift of joy can be found in the presence of praise. Now tell me you didn't go through what I just went through because a while ago I got some joy out of what I experienced a while ago. Can you? I mean, they led us right into the presence of God. I mean, Nehemiah said something that was so powerful. Do you even know who Nehemiah is? He was a cupbearer who built a wall. But I want you to look at what he said. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. He said, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks. I prayed about that, and the sweet drinks is Mountain Dew. I just want you to know that, okay? <laughs> go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected. And he said, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I get You know what that tells me? I get stronger when I give God thanks for the things that he's done in my life. Come on, people. I get stronger when I thank God for the things that he's done in my life. Things that he's done that maybe I see, maybe I don't see, or maybe things that are coming down the pike. 
I give him praise for the things and thanks for the things that he's done in my life. You know what that means that you need to stop doing and I need to stop doing? We need to stop giving the devil credit. You need to stop giving the devil press. Stop talking about all the things that the devil is doing in our government, in our world, in your family. Stop it. How about we rejoice in the Lord? And again, I say rejoice. How about we rejoice in the Lord instead of giving the devil time in our life? We've got to take away the enemy's power, and we've got to start saying that no enemy that is formed against me is going to prosper. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. That's what you need to start saying. Because you see, there's something powerful about praise. Because praise is not just celebration. Praise is anticipation. It's expectation of a victory that you haven't seen yet. In other words, like we were talking about a few minutes ago, I have to so praise now. Listen, somebody needs to hear this. I have to sow praise now so that I can reap victory in the future. You need to sow praise now so that you can reap, reap victory in the future. In that next season of your life. And see, we, we don't understand that praise, listen, listen, praise is no respecter of persons. Praise is no respecter of personality types. God gave you a voice. I mean, remember Paul and Silas? Locked in the inter-jail, inter-jail, inter-jail. I mean, they were in the jail of jail of jail of jails. They were on the inside. And even though they were on the inside of the jail of the jail of the jail, what did they have? They had a jailbreak. I mean, think about it, Paul and Silas. No weapons, no guns, no knives. But the one thing they did have was their voice. And I'm here to tell you that the one thing the enemy can't take from you this morning or at any time in your life, the one thing the enemy can't take from you is your voice. And I dare you, in the midst of a difficult season, to begin to declare the goodness of God in your life. To declare, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Declare about your life, look what the Lord has done. Can you give yourself a spirit of praise about the things that you can't see? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let me just encourage you with something. And, and maybe you haven't written anything down or screenshot anything. This next thing is what you need to screenshot. Never allow your problems. Come on, somebody. To become greater than your praise. Never allow your problems to become greater than your praise. Let me just tell you something. When I had to file bankruptcy... 
And, and can I just say this? My family's not here. I can say this to you guys because, you know, it's the 10 o'clock crowd. <laughs> my wife always hates it when I talk about this. And I've had people tell me I'm too transparent. I'm, that's just who I'm going to be. You're going to get what you see at Walmart. Well, not at Walmart, but at, at Kroger or somewhere. <laughs> You're going to get the same person there that you will here. When I, when I had to file bankruptcy, I never thought I'd have to do that. I envisioned I was going to lose everything. I had a house. I had cars. I had assets. I had other businesses. I mean, I was expecting to lose everything. But you know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me? Don't worry. You're not going to lose a thing. And you know what happened? I didn't lose a thing. I paid lots of attorney fees, but I didn't lose anything. Because God is faithful. And this morning I can stand here in front of you and I can praise him for that. Here's my last thing I want to say this morning. The gift of joy is found in the presence of Jesus. Look at Luke 2, verse 10. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you great news. In other words, I bring you joy, great joy. Look at Psalms 16, verse 11. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Sometimes we need to do what I call the great exchange. That's what you need to do. Some of you right now need to do that this morning. You need to exchange your shame and guilt for joy. That's what you're here for. That's why the Holy Spirit drug you here. Zachary, Zachary may have been baptized, or Kelly may have been baptized, and you came to watch that, or you're watching it online. But let me tell you, the Lord is speaking to you by His Spirit saying, you know what, you need to cash it in. You need to exchange your shame and your guilt for the joy of the Lord. That's why you're here. Because I don't know how people make it who don't have Jesus. Come on, somebody. I don't see how people who don't have Jesus make it. Now, let me tell you this. On Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I snuck away to Green Hills. Daddy can shop. And I have a connection at the store that I like to shop at, and they let me in with the store closed. They opened it for me. I'm the only one in there. Now, they have some workers. I'm in there. I'm, I'm picking. Matter of fact, I got these slacks or these pants. She knows is what they really are. And, and, and I mean, and, and for 45 minutes, I was in there by myself. And then they opened the door, and the floodgates were opened, and everybody came in. You know what the first lady had in her hand when she came in? She had a bag. And she was returning something. And I heard her tell the clerk that was at the register that she had bought this particular item. I don't know exactly what it was, but she had bought that some time ago, and it was literally torn and worn, but she wanted her money back because something about it wasn't right. And the clerk said to her, Ma'am, I'm sorry, we can't give you your money back, but we can give you, we can exchange it for something new. 
Now think about that. Because I think about that and I think about my relationship with Jesus. I think about the great exchange that takes place. I gave him my fear and he gave me faith. You give him your doubts and he gives you destiny. You give him your pain and he'll give you purpose. That lady that day walked out of that store with a brand new garment. And it wasn't the old garment that she came in with. And for some of you this morning, you're listening to me, watching me, and you would admit that you have some areas in your life that you're just saying, God, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this business. I'm done with this relationship. I'm done with this marriage. And you know what God says? Good. Because if you're willing to lose it, I can use it. Because that's the kind of God that he is. He wants to give you brand new hope. Brand new faith. God wants to give you a brand new marriage, a brand new relationship again, because that's the kind of God that he is. I, I love what it says in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to, procro to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to console those who mourn in Zion. And here's the great exchange. Look at it. Look at, the, look at this exchange. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. To give you joy for mourning. Can I tell you what I feel? I feel like that someone is leaving out for joy today. Not the kind of joy that makes you smile, but a contentment. A contentment and an assurance to know that if God did it before, that God can do it again in my life. And all I have to do is keep walking. Just keep walking in the power of joy. So I'm going to tell you this morning, if you're in this room, if you're watching online and you would say, you know what? I need some encouragement. Then I'm glad you're here because maybe you're one of those people who opened up a package of discouragement this year. And maybe this, this year hasn't worked out the way that you thought it was going to work out. Maybe you or somebody that you know is going through something that nobody knows anything about. 
Can I just tell you what I've discovered when you keep things secret? You will always be a fish in his hand. And today is your day to confess those secrets to God. To exchange the pain for a purpose. The disappointment for a destiny. Exchange that fear for the faith that only God can give you. Rejoice in the Lord and always. Again, I say, rejoice. Would you bow your heads this morning and pray with me, please? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I feel like I'm in an old Baptist church, you know? God, we just thank you for your word and the power that it brings. We thank you for illuminating this subject of joy. It's not happiness. It's not about what happens on the external. It's not on the outside. It's about what happens on the inside. It's about who holds us in his hands. It's about Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. This is the season that we celebrate his birth. But not just his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection that makes all all things possible for us. Maybe today you've never done what Kelly has done and Zachary has done and you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ and maybe this morning that's what you want to do. Right where you're seated, you can can word it your own way, but maybe you just want to follow the words that I, I say this morning. Maybe you just say right there, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are and that you have the power to change my life. And that power is found in your birth, your life, your death, and your resurrection. And this morning, I I cash in my fear for faith. Faith that you will do in my life exactly what you said you would do. I turn from the life that I'm living, the way I'm living life, and Jesus, I turn to you, believing that you will forgive me like you said you would, and that you will empower me and strengthen me to, to live the life that you've called me to live. I'm cashing it all in today, pain for purpose, difficulty for destiny. If that's a prayer you prayed this morning, would you take the time to indicate that on the tear-off? Send me an email, randy at crossroadslebanon.com, because we want to celebrate with you and get you into this water the next time we baptize. I'll tell you this, if you want to be baptized before you leave today, I'll still do that. I've got some shorts up here. I can put you in them. We can take care of it today. And you can know that you know that you know that should you step into eternity this afternoon, baptism doesn't save you. It's just a step of obedience. But you can know this afternoon, today, that you will spend eternity with Jesus himself. And I hope to make it there myself. And I'll be there with you. Indicate that on a tear-off. Send me an email. Let me know that. What a time and a season to give your life to Jesus Christ. God, for the rest of us, may we be full of joy unspeakable and full of glory. Not happiness unspeakable, but unspeakable joy because of whose hands we rest in. The hands that we place our life in. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name.
Savior. 